Hey everyone, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and with all the survival scenarios that we talk about that are world-changing events, nuclear attacks, pandemic events, societal collapse, cats and dogs living together, all the things that can change life as we know it, we often forget that there are everyday survival scenarios that people face that we are ill-prepared for. And that is the mark of a true survivor. And that is what we're talking about today. Check this out. bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Hey there, everyone. It is Jeff Anderson from Modern Combat and Survival Magazine with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat that you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And I'll tell you, I get to speak to a lot of our followers, and it's one of my favorite things to do. And it might be at an event that I'm speaking at, like a survival conference or a self-reliance conference. It could be with our New World Patriot Alliance members during one of our live training sessions or during our private coaching sessions. It could even be at one of our live training events that we're at. And what I typically do is I'll ask people that are asking me questions about how to survive different scenarios, I'll ask them, what are you most worried about? Like, what keeps you up at night? Because that's where we want to start. We want to give you the peace of mind and the confidence for you to be able to get started on your own survival plan. And typically, people will come up with the major life-changing events, such as pandemic disease or financial collapse or a grid-down blackout. And those are all very important things to be able to be prepared for because we talk about them as some of the possible collapse triggers that are floating around out there that can happen at a moment's notice, right? But then I ask them, well, what are you doing to take care of your everyday survival needs? And they kind of look at me kind of puzzled and I say, okay, well, obviously, you know, do you have smoke detectors in your home? Well, of course we have smoke detectors in our home because everybody knows that a house can catch on fire, right? But then I start asking them about, well, what about do you, I'm sure you have a vehicle, so are you prepared for an automobile crash? Well, that kind of gets people a little bit perplexed because an automobile crash, well, everybody's gotten into a fender bender, right? No big deal. But I can tell you from experience that I've heard stories and I've seen with my own eyes horrific type crashes that people don't live from because simply they weren't prepared. Now, this came to mind because I was driving into the city from my home a few nights ago, and I saw on the other side of the highway that, that traffic was backed up, like, for, for, it seemed like for miles. You could just see, it was at night, you could see the red lights. I was coming up on the traffic jam, and I could see it was, there were no cars on the other side, which meant that it was, it was backed up somewhere else. And as I was driving by, I saw that there was a car in the median of the highway that had rolled over, and it was burnt to a crisp. And there was, you know, ambulances there, there were fire trucks, there were police, it was just, it was, obviously it was all hands on deck to be able to deal with that. And I didn't see any bodies or anything like that, but you could really take a look at it and see that this was a horrific crash. I thought, well, what happens when you're in that type of a crash? Well, it happened, it is even in my little town not too long ago with some kids that were out 
in the car. It rolled over, and there was a teenage boy that was trapped in the car, and it caught fire, and he ended up dying. And I've heard of these stories before. I've had other people tell me stories about people being trapped inside of cars that catch on fire. And most people don't think about that because, again, they're just usually typical little firebenders. But the National Fire Protection Association, the NFPA, says that about 20% of the fires that are reported to them are automobile fires. So it can happen. Now, cars are better built these days than they used to be, like in the days of the Pinto, where if you kicked it from you know a 30-degree angle with the heel of your boot, it was going to explode on impact. We're in much better shape these days. However, all it really takes to start a fire is that something to happen with the fuel system so that there's a fuel leak, whether that is in the gas tank or somewhere in the engine. And all that's needed then is a spark of some kind. That's it. And in an automobile crash, there's a lot of metal that can be hitting the road that can start a fire. So what I wanted to do was talk with you about some of the things and, and for you to be able to go over your own mental checklist of how prepared are you for something as simple as an automobile wreck, okay? Not even just even if it doesn't go become a, a fire-related one, however that is a concern, but are you prepared for something as simple as that? And what you might find is you might not be as prepared as you think you are. So that's what the purpose today is because I want to give you some really actionable tips that you can put to use right now that will make you better prepared and your family as well. If you worry about your, you know, if you have a spouse that's out there driving around, obviously a car crash can happen at any time. Okay, so I'm basically going to go down, basically I've got it down to about three steps here that are, are some things that I, I take into account every time I get in the vehicle. So number one, when you're in a vehicle crash, in order for you to escape a vehicle crash, you've got to be conscious. Okay, because you don't know if there's going to be other people available to be able to pull you out, uh, if they'll be able to pull you out in time. Uh, a good friend of mine, Kevin Reeve, was was uh, telling me a story, and I've, I've told this a few times on some of our live training events, about on the Los Angeles freeway where a, a car overturned, the woman was able to get out, the car caught on fire, and her young daughter was was in the back seat, and nobody could get Nobody could get to the back seat, and there were tons of people around. It was on the Los Angeles freeway, but nobody could break through the window. It caught on fire. Nobody had a fire extinguisher. They finally got somebody that lived locally. They ran over. They got somebody. Somebody had a fire extinguisher. They came out there, but nobody knew even how to use the fire extinguisher. And unfortunately, that little toddler, that little girl, ended up dying inside of the car because Nobody knew how to get to her, to get her out, or how to put out the fire. Okay, so that's to, and that's with tons of people around on a Los Angeles freeway. Nobody really knew those skills. So, uh, one thing is you don't know if you're going to if you're going to be in a remote area where there is nobody to help you out, or it doesn't matter if you're in the middle of Los Angeles freeway. There might be a bunch of knuckleheads around you that have no idea how to get you out. So it's really up to you. You have to take the personal responsibility for this. And the only way you can get yourself out is to be conscious. Okay? You have to be conscious. If you are, are somehow uh, whacked really hard in the head or whatever, you go unconscious, that car can catch on fire or something can happen and you're unable to get help. So there are actually some things that you can do related to this. So one is not to put any items that you carry with you in the seat next to you. Okay, so this is a, a bad habit I used to have was I would get in the car and I would put my computer, my computer bag 
on the passenger seat next to me. If you have a lunchbox or an igloo cooler or anything like that, or even if it's just like a large thermos, and you put that over on the other side seat, obviously it's really handy for you. But if you are in a rollover car crash, or even if it's not a rollover, anything that's loose in the vehicle becomes a projectile. And that can very easily hit you in the head and knock you unconscious. So you want to make sure that anything that you bring with you goes in the back seat. Go put it, put it on the floor in the back seat so at least you have your seat in the passenger seat that can prevent things from coming up into your area and flying all over the place and hit you in the head and knock you unconscious. So that's a very easy thing that you can do. The other thing is that when you are in a rollover crash, there's nothing you can do about your body. Okay, you can't try and work your way. I've been I've been in a crash before that was I've never been in a rollover, but I've been in crashes before and if you've ever been in a really bad car crash, you know there's nothing you're doing with your body. Okay? It's just you going through space. Now the seatbelt's going to hold you in place there, but you don't want to brace for impact. So even if you see it coming, that you're going to hit a tree or you're going to hit another vehicle, you don't want to brace for impact by like leaning forward. And that's what a lot of people do is they'll, they'll try and lean forward to be able to brace for the impact. What ends up happening is that when that, that airbag flies out, the closer you are to it, the more likelihood that you have of getting knocked unconscious by that exploding airbag. So the car's safety functions are designed to be able to protect you without you having any notice of what's going to happen. In other words, um, you're not looking, you hit a, you rear-end a car, or you're not looking behind you, someone rear-ends you, or somebody T-bones you. It's, those car's safety functions are designed for you to not have to do anything. And, and most likely, you're not going to even have warn, warning of that. So if you lean forward, that bag is designed for you to be back in your seat. And that's exactly where you want to be. So you don't want to hunch over. You don't want to slide to the left, slide to the right. You essentially just want to be able to take, let the car do the, 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 safety, the safety features for you. Okay, so that's going to help you stay conscious. So now let's say that you're conscious, you're, your car is upside down. Now your next step is to get out as soon as possible, right? So a lot of people will tell you, stay in the car uh, because you could have a, a broken neck or something like that. Well, you can do a self-assessment to see whether or not you can move. You want to do the, the, can I curl my toes? Can I, can I curl my fingers? Can I move things? What can I move? You want to do a self-assessment, but you've got to do it quickly. Because if the car is going to catch on fire, it, it can happen very quickly, okay? Depending upon where the, the fire catches, it can spread easily to the inside of the vehicle, or it might even just be smoke that comes in, and that is going to be a killer even if there isn't a single flame there, okay? So you want to be able to get out as soon as safely possible, all right? Now, in order to do that, there's going to be some potential obstacles that are in the way there. So the first and foremost thing is going to be the busted up car. If your whole front end is smashed in and pinning you in the legs, well, you've got a problem there, right? So you've got to be able to try and twist and turn to see what you can get out and what you can't get out. So if you, if you whether you smell gas or whatever it is, uh, a lot of times you'll find that people are so pinned in that they just can't get out. Or somebody will say, if you've got a broken leg or something like that, you don't want to get out because you want the, the emergency teams to come, be able to do a self, be able to do an assessment, things like that. But, and, and that's true. Like you, you, you want to wait for emergency, emergency responders if you have a major 
uh, type of, a, of an injury that can be made worse by you trying to get out. However, you need to start doing the assessment right away of what you can do just in case that vehicle starts to catch on fire. Okay, that's not the time then for you to start thinking, okay, well, now what do I do? You've got to do it as soon as possible. You've got to start thinking about what you're going to do. Now, there are some things that you need to do to prepare yourself for that to happen, okay? So, because you don't want to, like, try to get through your seatbelt and, and, and get yourself to a point of escape when something catches on fire. You want all that to happen ahead of time. So, the first obstacle that you've got to get past is the busted-up car. But after that, really, there are only two things that are stopping you, and that's the seatbelt and the window, Okay, the seatbelt and the window. And these are pretty easy to get through if you have the right tools. Now, it's not very easy, especially if you're in a crunched up car, to try and punch out a windshield. I'm sorry, punch out uh, the windshield, forget it. You're, you're going to be frustrated trying to knock out a windshield. They're not really designed for that. They don't, they don't bust very easily. But the side windows are your best means of escaping. And so either, either window that you've got there, that's going to be your best means. Now, the seatbelt is the other thing, the first thing that's going to be holding you. That's going to be the thing that's holding you in. You've got to get through that. Now, I don't recommend that you take and try and undo the seatbelt because essentially what happens is a lot of people get wrapped up in it. And if you try getting out, that's going to get locked up, and you, that could actually keep you from getting outside of the car, especially if you're trying to rush out of there. So the seatbelt is a hindrance even in its regular state. So I always recommend that you cut through the seatbelt rather than actually just just trying to reach down and undo it. Now, if you have a knife, okay, that can help you if you can reach your knife, if you've got like a, a, a folder knife in your pocket or something like that, that can be used to try and, and cut through it. Um, however, I don't actually recommend that, and I'll, and I'll tell you why here in just a second. There's actually a better option for you. Uh, but anyway, you, you have to get through your seatbelt. You want to cut it in two places. So you want to cut down near where the seatbelt is if you can get to it because that's where it comes together at the lap and it comes together for the, um, you know, basically for the, for the shoulder. So you can cut through both right there and then both of those will get out of, you know, they should get out of the way so you can, you can move them. Okay. So you want to cut through the seatbelt um, if you can. So the next thing you have are the windows. And again, it's very difficult to break through a window unless you have a window breaker. Now, I know they do sell those. You can get these things at, um, at, the, at the auto store. You can get them at Amazon. They look like little hammers. And typically, people will keep those inside of the glove compartment. Again, I'm not a fan of those either because you might not be able to get to that glove compartment to be able to pull that out. It could be because it's it's broken up, it's busted. Uh, some, a lot of people carry stuff. There could be things in the way of the glove compartment. But the one thing that you're always going to have access to are your keys on the front steering wheel. So typically that is going, that's a very well-protected area. It might get pushed in, which is just going to bring it closer to you. But if you can, re, you, you instinctively know where your keys are. So even if there is a even if it's dark outside, even if there are no lights there, it's pitch black. You have to feel your way through everything. If, you're, if your eyes are damaged, whatever it is, you can typically find the steering wheel and get to where the keys are. And what I do is I carry this EVAC tool on my keychain. Okay, so this EVAC tool, it's, it's really, it's, really uh, it, it's super, super easy. It weighs, next, it weighs nothing. It has a razor blade built into it, but it's, it's got a safety place on it for cutting through 
seat belts. It also has a glass breaker tip on it as well that's spring-loaded, so you don't even need the string. So even if your arm is injured or something like that, where you might not be able to punch through or, or knock out that window, you don't need to with a glass breaker. Uh, same thing goes like if you're if it's a glass breaker in your glove compartment and you're upside down, you pull that open, all that stuff's going to come flying out of the glove compartment, and now you're searching around trying to find that that glass breaker that you had. Whereas the one that's on your keychain, that one's always there. It just pulls off with a quick tug. It takes no strength whatsoever. And you just put it up to any part of the window and push forward, and the spring throws out a glass breaker tip that will shatter that glass. And then you also have the razor on it that cuts through in like nothing, and then you're free of all of those obstacles. So there is a lot that you can see that you can do to be able to get yourself out of this type of a scenario. Part of it comes with pre-planning about where you place things in your vehicle to make sure that you can stay conscious. And then even just grabbing, having one of these gizmos, and I'll tell you, they're, they're really inexpensive. You can actually get, um, you can get one for free um, over at autoescapetool.com. So I have one for me. I have one for my wife. I even give one to my son because if he's out with somebody else in a vehicle, I don't count that they're prepared for a, a car crash. But I want my son to be self-reliant. So if he's in the back seat of somebody else's car or the front seat of somebody else's car and they get in a crash, I don't want him having to rely on that person he was he was riding with to be the one that knew what to do. Because typically what you'll find is that nobody nobody is, is planning for this kind of thing. So my son always has one on him as well so that he can get himself out and get somebody else out to save them at the same token. So for me, everybody in my family has one of these. And uh, you, you could just pick one of those up and, uh, and just put it on your keychain, and it's, it's always there, okay? So start looking at all the different things that, you can, that are everyday survival scenarios that, that you may not be prepared for. This is just one of them. Are there other ones that you're not prepared for? Now, we're going to be going through a series of these in our podcast to be able to give you kind of the, the, just the few steps that you need to take to be able to be prepared for those everyday survival tragedies that can pop up that you as a survivalist and as a protector of your family should be aware of and prepared for. So all of that's coming right up. And until our next Modern Combat and Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying train hard, stay safe, prepare now. has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.